Um, before the show even starts, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Samantha Ludi. She turned 31 yesterday. Let's go. 31. It is Thursday, July 25th. And today we have two guests that are going to make you laugh very hard. We got America's sweetheart on the show, Ryan Niemiller, the comedian from America's Got Talent, hashtag Club Nub. Great conversation with him about life. And then following him up, we have a rising country music sensation. Mitchell Tampion. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I knew nothing about this guy. Just like you listening, you probably don't know enough about him or know anything about him. I knew nothing about him until his name was passed along through a record label through Nick Morado. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Ipso facto. That's about what happened. A record label reached out to you. You said, Nick, deal with this. Dealt with. <laughs> now we get an interview. There you go. Yes. That's what he said. So Nick and his company <laughs> had a conversation, <laughs> and they said, we think this particular guy on our label, Sony, would be a good interview for you guys. They sent a name over. Nick took a screenshot, sent it to me, and said, I don't know who the fuck the guy is. And I said, me neither. Then I searched his music, listened to a couple songs. And I said, I would at least like a couple minutes of this guy's time. Mm -hmm. I would like to hear where this human is coming from. And he's a funny guy. I like him a lot. Oh, so good. I like him a lot. Big, big fan. Literally FaceTimed us from pickup truck in the middle of the woods. <laughs> just, a normal, <laughs> just a normal guy. A very normal human being. It's, he's got a good story, too. So today, a mm -hmm. couple great stories from very cool individuals. Speaking of cool individuals, you could be one of those when you buy a ticket to a live event. That is right. SeatGeek, right now. Everything must go. Promo code PAT, $10 <laughs> off your first order. <laughs> Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. When I say this, I mean this. It's becoming live event season quicker than you could uh, say it's live event season. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You heard what I said. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well said. A lot of concerts. It's summer. Weather's breaking. Oh, a lot point. of concerts. Good go to point, a concert. Man. Maybe uh, take a group of friends. Hey, hey, boys, let's go see uh, Hootie. 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 Oh. August 14th here in Indianapolis. It's weird, <laughs> it's weird how that, that just came out. Or take your lady to a, a concert or a show. Or maybe go alone. You know, be a yeah. part of the crowd. Because literally, when the show's happening, who cares who you're with? Because you're there having a great time. Yeah. And also, good time to order football tickets. Because right now, yeah, yeah. we are sitting on deck to football season. It's only a few days away. If you really think about it, you can already smell it in the air. You can taste it with your taste buds. The air is just, it's becoming this, this scent of victory. Breathe it in. Which is football season. It's a very meat headliner. <laughs> it's true, though. Everybody's excited for football right. season. I can't wait. You need to get your tickets to a game right now. Take somebody. Be a hero. Go to SeatGeek, the app. Download it. And your first purchase of promo code PAT, get $10 off. Promo code McAfee, $20 off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to be inspired. Not really. I mean, I don't think it was really that inspirational of a conversation. <laughs> it's time to laugh while we talk to another human who's not normally in here. Sorry you had to hang out, Ryan. Oh, no worries. Yet. Whatever, man. Like I was telling them, I don't hate you guys, so it's fine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the voice you just heard is the man who is going to win this season of America's Got Talent. Hashtag Club Nub. 
He's been a comedian only for a couple weeks. That's all it's been. <laughs> and he's gone straight to the top. For uh, summer vacation. Pick up a hobby. <laughs> um, a hilarious individual. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Niemiller. Hey. hey, what's up, guys? Ryan, uh, on Tuesday, America's Got Talent. Got a chance to display your work once again, much to the chagrin of not only the judges, the people in the audience, but everybody watching at home. You are America's sweetheart, Ryan. How does that feel? It's uh, pretty nice. They, uh, I was all over that damn episode. Yeah, <laughs> America's got Ryan Nemo. Yeah, that was a lot of me. It was I all not, you. I did not expect that. It was... Uh, it was very cool. Like it's still kind of like we talked about last time I was here. It's stressful because you don't know what it's going to look like until uh, it airs. Like editing that, wise, yeah, that, that, yeah, that was the first time I saw all that. Like how it actually was going to be presented. So, wow, I, so you were nervous when it was going? Oh, absolutely. I was terrified. So you because know? <laughs> Ryan Niemiller visited us uh, a few weeks ago and he lied right to our faces said he didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> oh, I knew exactly. <laughs> 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 he lied to us. Um, but he's a. I don't hate you guys, but I don't like you enough to not yeah, lie to you. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> we fair. get it. Non disclosures. Uh, whatever. We'll take everything you've ever had. Yeah, I get it. Uh, did, did they make you sign one of those? Oh, absolutely. And what was in it? What, if you did tell us, what would they take? Like every- um, Pretty much. They would take the rest of my fingers. Which is, <laughs> which is real. And I can't chance that. I can't <laughs> chance that. All right? It's too, too risky. Uh, for those listening at home who might not know, can you explain what that joke, why that joke is so hilarious? I'm a human lobster. That's about <laughs> it. That kind of explains it. Uh, from the elbow down, it's a, it's a nightmare, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't have, I don't have all uh, all my digits. And this is a um, this, you were born this way. Yes, it was a uh, it's a, a physical disability that you have that you've worked into a beautiful way uh, to not only thrive but dominate in this world that you live in when others might not be able to do it. So I think you are, and I think this is I like that America's Got Talent kind of understands this too. Not only are you one of the funniest humans I've ever heard in my entire life, you're also representing something that isn't represented a lot. And I think that is a fucking awesome thing for you. Do you feel like that type of pressure now that you're almost, not almost, you're definitely somebody that little kids are looking up to right now for sure. Oh, absolutely. Like there's, there's pressure to it, but it's what I wanted to do when I did this. Like I, I don't want to have to be, like I wish I didn't have to be that kind of like role model or that kind of spokesman, but they won't let anyone else do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I might as well. I think we talked a little bit last time too about like when I was growing up, there was Jim Abbott. That was the closest yeah. thing. It was Jim Abbott mm-hmm. and there was no one else that had anything even close to what I did. So like, I didn't know what I could do, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like when you, especially when you're young, you start to, you look at people that are kind of like you and you're like, Oh, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. And there was no one really that was a, if he can do it <laughs> for me. That's yeah. hope, right? Yeah. That when you're a kid and you see somebody either make it from your hometown or from your area, or you can connect with somebody on television who's made it, or maybe you have a, a run in with a lawyer or a doctor, you meet them and you're like, Oh, you know what? I think I'm like that person. If he can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And for somebody who's physically disabled, there's not a lot of that on television. So there's not a lot of like, oh, I can make it in showbiz, which is one of the most scrutinized business in history. I mean, that's if you have a weird eyebrow, you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in entertainment, you know, so let alone. Did stand-up comedy 
Was that something you knew you were going to be forever? Like, um, I honestly, I it was pro wrestling was what it was going to be. Let's go. Really, when I was really young, that was that's where the cripple threat came from. That's where all that was. <laughs> that, that that was going to be the wrestling. That that was that was always the dream. And uh, my body just couldn't take the training. That was it. Was what about commentating? Commentating. It, I mean, in hindsight, yeah. But at the time, I was like, I wanted to be a wrestler. Like. Yeah. When you're 16, you don't want to be a commentator. Right. <laughs> you know, in most I told Michael Cole you know? that right to his face. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Cole was like, uh, I've heard you've been interested in getting into the business with WWE. And I was like, I, yeah, I get like, like in the, in the ring, yeah. <laughs> you know, like with the big intro and like the music and like the, the microphone in the arena. Never really thought about, you know, sitting on the side there where nobody hears you and, or likes you. Never. Really <laughs> and At best, they nothing you. And Cole started rattling off all the positives to being a commentator. And I was like, I was wrong, obviously. <laughs> Michael Cole, I was completely wrong. You're right. Commentating is a great fucking gig in the WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of my best friends in the world, um, Johnny LaQuasto, he just got signed by NXT a few months ago, and he's a commentator down there, and he loves it. Yeah, it's he, awesome. he's an old stand-up comic, too, and he, he loves comedy, but like he's like, yeah, this is awesome. I get to sleep in my own bed, and I still get to perform. Yeah, and you're hosting the show. Oh, absolutely. Like, Michael Cole is the host of Monday Night Raw. That's, he, he's the host. Him, Corey, and Renee, they just carry three hours of television, basically. Yep. And whenever you start looking at it that way, you're like, you know what? I, yeah, I think I would like that actually. Yeah, Pat yeah. McAfee hosting Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah, love th that. Three hours of guaranteed TV time and yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's got to suck. That had to be tough for him at first though, because he replaced Jr., who everybody loved. And I remember when Cole first came in, he was not universally liked. And I think he still carries that chip on his shoulder that everybody hates him. By the way. Because I'll literally walk in public with him somewhere before an event, and they're like, Mr. Cole, an autograph, please? And he just keeps his head down and walk. I'm like, why don't you fucking sign for that kid? Like, he's going to kill him. He's like, uh, he probably said something fucking terrible about me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he's like no. I found that guy's tweet. I was, like, <laughs> I, don't trust I was like, no, no, Michael Cole. I think you're much more like than you think. He's like, is that right, Pat? That's what he says to me. And then he's like, you want to look at my, my mentions? I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to dig into that too much, but I can understand because he's basically an extension of the company, right? He is the company, basically. He's speaking for the company. He's the voice of the WWE. And on SmackDown on Tuesday night, he got a chance to do color. So he or not color. Uh, yeah, he got to do color instead of play-by-play. -play. Okay. Tom Phillips was doing play-by-play. -play. He did color. So he got to just be like a smart-ass. Like he got to be like a, a little bit looser smart-ass. And I, I searched his name on Twitter, and it was all like, hey, Michael, is am I mistaken, or is Michael Cole very entertaining right now? Yeah. There was like six, seven tweets like that, so I screenshotted it, sent it to him. I'm like, look, man, start taking pictures of little fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he just gets to be him, because there's been a couple of the events, like the, I remember the, uh, the Tokyo WWE event, yeah. where it was kind of a lot looser. He was great. He's he, when, when he's, a, he's a charismatic, funny guy. I want to <laughs> like, say this after meeting him. Good guy. Yeah, absolutely. But now, granted, I should have expected the story I told about the WrestleMania where he almost kicked me off the show for having shorts. <laughs> like, if people know actual Michael Cole, that's funny to hear. But to the fans that don't know actual Michael Cole, they're like, oh, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> when it, when it's, uh, when that's how kind of how it you went. You should have wore only shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy. Exactly. That's why everybody was like, oh, you should fight Michael Cole or whatever. I'm like, I don't think you get who Michael Cole is. Like, this dude is an awesome individual. But with that being you start to stand up comedy uh at what age uh, i was 24 when i officially started oh what was the job before that what do we do uh, i was uh, finishing up uh my theater degree from indiana state 
So six was, years? Yeah. Well, five years of school, one year of not being at school. <laughs> in the middle of that. Got a master's in theater. All right. Right. So you, you start stand-up, and how'd it go immediately? Um, way better than it should have. Um, that is one good thing about having a disability. Um, it's unique enough that people will at least give it a shot, at least initially. Icebreaker. Exactly. They'll be like, oh, at least this is different. <laughs> you know. And when you're only doing like a five to seven minute set at the most for your first couple years, you they, don't, they don't have so the time true. to like judge you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And it's a shitty little show, like you know, one of those places that even though comedy was there that night or whatever, and it's going to be ten a, of it's us going up. Dramat. Yeah. When they look at me, <laughs> clink clink. Yeah. They look at me and they're like, "Well, he's fucking interrupting the Pacers game right now," so they're pissed. And then they look at you, like. We have to pay attention. Wait, yeah, what, is, what is happening? Here? I am not going to be a bad person. I got to listen to what he has to say. I think they're fake. I and then by the fake. time they could get, <laughs> <laughs> if we were sitting at a bar, yeah, just I, me and my boys, and you got up there, we are all so like pessimistic about everything. We'd be like, that's ah, fucking fake. Yeah, um, his <laughs> arms are in his sleeve. Yeah. He's the best magician we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the rest but we would listen though. But we, it would stop. It would stun all of us, right? We'd stop and listen. And Todd used to say. That this to me about big name people that do stand-up comedy right because i always which is true i defer and a lot of comedians said this about me too like uh because i was the punter for the colts that's why my stand-up shows are selling right and todd knew that that got to me right when people were saying this and todd's like yeah but how many shows does that count for Pat. you know you can't be 20 some deep and people are still buying yeah. tickets because you punted for the Colts he would always like try to make me feel that way yeah, that's yeah, true like they yeah, would they, come the first time yeah that lets them show up but once. they wouldn't come yeah. the second time the first time they'll <laughs> yeah. be like oh let's see what the novelty of well and that's what I'm Pat thinking McAfee about is, and that's what I'm know? thinking about for you too right you get their attention like yep. you would get our attention and you would have probably what two minutes we'd mm -hmm. be like alright let's give this guy our attention then once you have it you have to keep it mm -hmm. and the ability to do that which you have done here for decades now is fucking awesome and I think the right. fact that you're getting on America's Got Talent and America's Got Talent is pushing you too, right? It has to feel like, good yeah. instead of being pushed away by the same company, even all like the same business you've always tried to make. Seems like they're pushing you now. Are you enjoying that? Oh, it's it's kind of the opposite of what my general experience in comedy has been. That's what it, I'm saying. It's been so much of me, you know, clawing and scratching and mm -hmm. you know, just trying to get someone to get behind me. And then for such a gigantic show to get as behind me. I mean, I, I got to bring it. Like I had to do my part. <laughs> They're not, they, didn't, they, what, yeah. they didn't pick me out of a hat. Hell yeah. Go, like, <laughs> He's our chosen cripple. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one. But it is like, it is the, cause it's about to happen to us. Right, yeah. so I've always been in the same position you are with a little bit more on the internet. No big, no main, any like characters really gave us a push. But now this upcoming fall, we're about to get a hell of a push, and it's like, okay, now you that and me you both. now that you have, <laughs> hey, but now that you have the push, like the confidence to know that you can deliver is a cool one. And without all those years on the road, I'm not sure you oh. have that confidence that you're going to show. Yeah, up. yeah, and that's the great part of it too. Where as much as those, you know, I'm almost 13 years in. As much as those, you know, last 12 years have kind of sucked, it's hard. The road is not fun most yeah. of the time. It's yeah. it's pretty terrible actually a lot <laughs> yeah. of the time. But just to know that like. Had I gotten this opportunity, you know, eight years ago, I would have crashed and burned because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as good as performer at the time, wasn't mature enough to be on the road or like, and have these kind of like expectations of you. Yep. Because, you know, people are coming to see me on purpose now. That's weird. 
<laughs> you know? When you have, you know, 12 years of just being like a happy accident. Like if someone comes to a show and they're like, oh, that guy was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have listened to his name. I'll never find him again. <laughs> a lot I'll, of those people, when they saw you on America's Got Talent, they're like, honey, it's the fucking guy. The, I told you, it was Remember? the weirdo. <laughs> it was, it was the lobster man. <laughs> I told you. We found him. So, so now for having people come on purpose uh-huh. and, and still having that and know that I can handle it has to feel good is. to know oh. that you're, you're ready though like because for instance because that's a real conversation you have to have with yourself right mm-hmm. like am I ready for what's about to happen and I don't know if the rest of the boys have but our fall is about to be gigantic and there was a cool moment where I was like, yeah, but I'm ready for it. Like, I, I feel like I'm in a position now where I'm ready for it. Yeah, where you're, you're still anxious. You're still nervous about it. Yeah. You still have that little mm-hmm. bit like, oh, this is going to be. But like, yeah, this is what I've been doing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like when I got on the American's Got Talent stage, like when I got out there, it's a sh- it's just a show at that point. Yep. It's a big opportunity. But like as far as the performance, I've done that thousands of times. Been here, and I, done exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, a I, cool I, I, feeling. I know I can deliver that. A comedian's never won America's Got Talent before. Nope. You, I, runner, I, runner up, I think three times. Yeah, and you shy away from it, but I honestly, I think you're going to win. Um, so I don't, he doesn't want to say because he doesn't want to jinx himself. Yeah, I think right. everybody in this room thinks. Yep. And as somebody that watches that show, normally you can tell who's going to go. You're getting a cool push right now. Yeah, it's a cool push. I've never seen someone featured that much in one episode before. It was like literally like every, I don't know, seven minutes they were like, hey, wait, wait, where's, the, where's the Brian cam? Where's the Ryan Emiller camera? Yeah, e- e- even like, my mom who I was watching with, she was like, Jesus Christ, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like the most supportive mother on the for planet. Those, for those that uh, didn't watch, it's a two-hour show, mm-hmm. but they always do these behind-the-scenes shots mm-hmm. and clips and stuff, and they feature, normally it's a, it's a, all the people they think are going to probably move on, and normally it's a rotating shot this time ryan got a lot of love and it was like it's not normal because they're trying to introduce you to everybody before the thing even starts they're trying to get the the crowd to be like oh we like this guy a lot he's cool backstage he's great on and then your story was shared a little bit too Mm. which i didn't know that your uh your dad and you shared a love of stand-up comedy and one of yeah that and the cubs those were the two things that let's go and he he obviously has passed away but you made a comment that like I think my dad would have enjoyed seeing me on TV. Like I almost started crying yeah, whenever I was, I was like, "Man, that's fucking awesome!" Yeah. Like everybody on Earth is like, "This is the guy." Yeah, yeah, and, it, and that that was like tough because my my dad and I weren't close really. Like by the he just like I like I I kind of explain it like I loved my dad, but I didn't like him very yeah. much. You Makes know, sense, like, yeah. like you don't. Uh-huh. I, I wish it had gone differently, but I mean. Alcohol is a, a real bitch, you know, like once it gets you, it's yeah. not, that's just what it is sometimes. And true, but, but that was a thing. Like I always remember like growing up like that, those were like, you know, Cubs games were always great. Anything sports was usually awesome. And then just like stand up. My dad would let me stay up late you know, to watch like, you know, Robin Williams and he loved oh, Gallagher nice. and, you know, and things mm, like that. Yeah. So, so getting to stay up and watch, you know, those specials and it was like a cool time where it's like, Oh, he's. This is, this is fun, Dad. This is kind of how it's supposed to be. And so then I kind of learned a little bit, like, the power of, like, you know, comedy and things like that. Hell you can, yeah. Like, everyone likes to laugh. Like, it's pretty universal right. that so people enjoy that. The thought that you two shared that, right? So maybe not all great times, but the things that you did enjoy are your positive memories of your dad. Then getting a chance to do that inside, that has to be quite a fulfilling 
feeling, honestly, because it's probably, I mean, what do you chase stand-up comedy for for 12 years? Is this, this is it, right? This yeah. is what you're chasing this for 13 yeah. years. I didn't want to half-ass this, you know, when mm -hmm. I did it. Like, I I don't have the time and the brain space to, like, not go full out <laughs> on what I'm trying to do. And, I mean, that's been a lot of my career has been trying to, I have a huge chip on my shoulder, you know, Hell just yeah. proving people wrong. You know, the amount of times that, like, I mean, I, mean, I get I get a little guff. It's been mostly positive, and we talked about this before, but, but you know, people are like, oh, he just, all he talks about is his disability. Well, that's my life, dummy. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, you hey, know, like, like, if I have to deal with all the negative parts of it, like, I'm going to, I'm going to put this as much in your face as possible. I'm going to turn this into something. If you're going to doubt me, you're going to doubt, immediately downplay me all the time because of it. Well, here we go. That's a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wonder where your ancestors are from? All, All the time. The time. Mm -hmm. I was watching Shane Lowry mm -hmm. win that golf tournament, mm -hmm. and he's from Ireland. Yep. And I know that I'm from Ireland, mm -hmm. and I often wonder if any of his ancestors used to throw down some pints with any of my ancestors. Mm -hmm. Good oh. chance of that. Hey, am I connected at all to the guy that just won the, the cup? The Open Championship, the Claret Jug. There it is. It's not a cup. And did your people make the, the season salt? Because it's good. My people? Lowry's. Oh. Well, see, I don't know if my people did it, but I wonder if they're from the same neighborhood as where Shane Lowry and Lowry salt is from. Mm. And you can track that type of shit nowadays, which you could never track back in the day. Mm. Nowadays, there are things where you get this little tube. You spit into it in the morning. Not allowed to have water beforehand which is kind of weird because you don't have a lot of spit in your mouth yeah. so you really got to get your real spit in there you send it off with a number and then all of a sudden just like a few weeks later you get an email that tells you exactly where every single part of your body is from and that's from your good friends at 23 and me i did this and i learned very quickly that i'm 0.09 percent italian my entire life, I made fun of the Italians. Turns out, a lot of apologies were due. <laughs> and that's what 23andMe can do. You ever have questions on why you handle alcohol differently than somebody else? Yep. Well, it could possibly be your genetic makeup. Because with 23andMe, they dive into all those things. Is your earwax more likely to get clogged or be loose? 23andMe could tell you, wait a minute, my face breaks out to this type of thing. Well, you might be allergic to it. You'll find out where you're from, how your body acts and reacts, and 23andMe is one spit cup away to tell you that. There's a whole world of genes just waiting to meet you, and 125-plus personalized genetic reports on your health traits and more. The right personal health plan starts with the right data. Data. Either or. Both are acceptable. You're getting both, too. Mm, you get both. <laughs> Your health reports can give you insights about your DNA so you can build a health plan that is unique to you. 23andMe reports do not diagnose disease or describe overall likelihood of developing any disease. 23andMe tests selected genetic variants only. Visit 23andMe.com slash Pat for important test information. Order your health and ancestry kit at 2, the numbers 2, 3, a-N-D-M-E.com slash P-A-T. And you can meet your genes in 125 plus personalized genetic reports. That's the number 23andme.com slash P-A-T. Learn about yourself. Learn about your future. Learn about your past. Mm -hmm. It works. Ooh, yeah. 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 We're past, Definitely works. We're past this ad. <laughs> Back to the show. 
That person, yeah. though, has no idea about anything comedy related because comedy related is a personal thing. It's either your perspective on things, right? Like, oh, this is my perspective on something that everybody sees. Uh, this is my life story. It'd be impossible for you to do comedy without talking about having Absolutely. to deal with that. Yeah, and, and I, I don't want to talk about it forever. I don't want it to be the only thing I do. How but about I, that beard? We should start talking about that beard. His beard is luxurious. Hey. <laughs> he got you got a good beard yeah, going. Yeah, my, right uh, my my beard and uh, hair game was on point last night. <laughs> I'm on AGT for sure. I look I look good. I well, look good. Well, they have a fashion person or a stylist for you for the live shows. Yeah, they they clean you up. I can't wait. <laughs> they clean oh, you up. I can't oh, wait oh, to see what you end up looking oh, like. I think I'm going to try to get one of Terry Crews' suits. No shirt underneath. Oh, just just flex. In the packs. <laughs> Damn, I can't. He was wait. telling me out there they have like a whole set coordinator for you, so he like kind of gets to pick his set and stuff like that. Yeah, they they let you they let you kind of be a little more you, which really? is nice. Yeah, they let you kind of. What are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna set up like? I, uh... I don't know yet. I don't. I don't know. Part of it is um, no spoilers <laughs> kind of thing, but part of it like I'm still I'm still figuring it out. I wanna. Oh, yeah, I got it's, it's a big for chance. You. Your shadow puppet thing. You oh. do the shadow puppets. In the I do shadow puppet. Okay. Put those up there. All right, hold on. You do shadow puppet. That is hilarious. I I, I do one. It's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a dinosaur. Or maybe a, a goose <laughs> or, or a spawn if you're fancy. Incredible. It's a credible opener. Exactly. Yeah. Fan, no, I think it's the closer. Yeah. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, to wrap. Uh, I, I mean, the shadow art acts are cool. <laughs> so if I went out there and just started doing it, and it was just all a dinosaur uh, the entire time. What you, they, they're called the shadow something. Uh, verba, verba shadow. So do you get to meet all these people? Yeah. Yeah. For, for that round especially, like you are with those people all day, every day. <laughs> Somebody loved that shadow one more than I did. And I think it's because I've watched AGT so much. I've seen so many incredibly talented individuals that I've gotten like... I don't want to say numb to it, but it is like I've gotten numb to the incredibly talented people that I didn't even know existed a couple of years ago. And then you watch it and you're like... Uh, not as good as the Jabberwockies. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like hard to do that. It's yeah. hard not to compare. Oh, like like for me, it was super fun because like when you're on the road doing comedy, you don't get to see this stuff. Oh, like nobody gets to see. I don't this get. Stuff. I don't get to see dancers, and I, I'm, I've never been to a magic show. I only see it once a year know? when AGT comes. Exactly. Out. exactly. So for me, getting to actually like be there, and then, and like plus they're my friends now. <laughs> you know, so getting to watch your friends do something cool that you can't. Nothing is amazing. Less than one percent of people on oh. Earth can do what those oh. some of those people do. Did you see the dude that was? Uh, he had the chair, and then he curled his legs around the back of the chair. So now his shoulders are on the ground. He's over the back of the chair. Held his wife up with both hands. She's standing, one foot in each of his hands. Did a fucking setup so he's planked now in the chair, and then goes to a full standing position with her on top of the what? chair. Yes. Yeah, these humans. In fucking incredible. I was going to close with that, but they, <laughs> they, kind of, they went on before me, and I was like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> Is there any, because um, granted, you said you didn't know the editing. Was there any, like, showbiz, like, were they trying to spin anything in the back, or do they ask you questions, like, prod things out of you or anything like that? I don't that? know how much of that I can talk about. Oh! Um, it, it's it's question, not that. Pat. Right, write that down. <laughs> hey, hey, um, <laughs> uh, I will say I, I they let me be genuine. 
Nice. So okay. I, I can't speak for anyone else. Uh, everything I said and did was as genuine as I could possibly do, given the circumstances. Yeah. of you're on a major television show. Like, hey, we're trying to yeah. entertain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so no one's exactly you know 100 percent themselves. It's impossible when a camera's on. But I, well, I, yeah. I think now you that we, entertain. yeah, we yeah. live in a much more woke society. I think we very much understand that that is how things go now, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey. We understand that that is they're not sitting up on this platform with perfect lighting on them with a microphone in between them just casually. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. I think the world knows now that there's something. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I will tell you for me, though, like all those interactions were as as real as could possibly get, though, because sure. they're your buddies. And, and I'm like one of the things I was really glad about is they got to show me being friends with my friends on that show. It wasn't me like being like, oh, I hate this guy. He's gonna, right, <laughs> he's right. gonna, he's my confidant. They just let me be buddies with my buddies, you know. That's like, awesome. I, like I was texting with some of the contestants on my episode last night during the episode. How do you feel about the friends. judges? How do you feel about the judges? Uh, don't try to get me in trouble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I, I thought D Wade was incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was very he's fucking taking funny. notes, bro. Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah, writing things so down. Good. I was like, okay, Dwayne. Yeah, one thing. <laughs> so funny. When 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 I found out that he was going to be the guest judge. I just kind of shrugged. You don't know. Yeah. You know, like the other guest judges, like last week it was Brad Paisley. You can have a pretty good idea of How probably what he, he knows. How does he get on TV? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but, but at least if you hear Brad Paisley, you're like, okay, he probably knows a lot about music, so he's going to look at the singers. And, he you know, shouldn't be on TV, though. <laughs> like, I like Brad Paisley's music. He's a West Virginia guy, too, so yeah, I like yeah. him even more. Every time he's on TV, Hard though. Knocks. Is so Hard bad. Knocks. Hard Knocks so bad. Every interview he does, it's always just like, I don't know if it's him or the way it's edited, but it's never great for the Brad Paisley. Peyton carries him in the commercials. Oh, those commercials are pretty good, though. Peyton I mean, maybe, not bad. maybe I should take it back. Maybe I should take it back. Maybe I should. <laughs> you have a Peyton Hard, Hard Knocks was tough. Do they talk to you backstage, any of the judges? They try to keep you separated. You, are, you are completely separated. From Jeopardy that. James said he wasn't even allowed to talk to Trebek. Yep, we're not. Uh, the, the only times I've talked to any of them outside of Terry Crews, because you do a little bit more with him because you're doing interviews, is on stage. So what you saw on television is my interaction with the judges. Well, they don't want to make it look like they have favorites or whatever. Yeah, be, be, yeah. And yeah because the, the competition is very real. There is an actual cash prize right. <laughs> involved with this. Yeah. So they there's no... You can't. You're not fraternizing with any of the judges or anything. They keep you far away. A lot away. of money. I mean, yeah, even yeah. if you're in top five, you're going to make money for a long time. Yeah, you're, like, you're doing all right. It's yeah. like John Dorenbos. I don't. I, he didn't win. I don't think he was top five or top three, and. Getting on that big of a stage, it opens so many eyes to your talent. I'm so excited for you to hit the corporate circuit at some point. If you <laughs> add like a, just a little tiny bit of motivation into your comedy, you'll be getting booked for these corporate oh, events yeah. that we went and saw Dornboss down here at the convention center. We watched mm -hmm. He had like 7,000 people that were there for a convention, and he was motivating them with his magic. Mm -hmm. It's just like that that stage opens so many awesome doors, and oh, it's yeah. going to be great yeah, to watch I've, you thrive. I've already been hit up by a few. Let's go. You know, like, you know kind of like disability awareness and like advocacy groups and things like that. So I'm working on it. Like it's, it's going to, it's going to be fine. Cause I can just be a genuine guy who's not afraid to talk about his life, but my comedy has never been about motivating like on purpose, <laughs> right. you know, like I didn't, like I didn't start this to be an inspiration. Yeah. That, that, that stuff drives me insane. Yeah. I don't think you should turn into like a, yeah. what's his name? The, the Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if you just add like one, and that's why you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> you can go ahead and put motivation, stand-up comedian, motivation. Yeah, it's funny that you would mention that exact line because that used to, even as like a child, like five years old, 
that was an immediate red flag of nonsense every time I heard that. <laughs> uh, because, like, you have to have be self-aware. Like, I don't think you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> I'm never going to pitch in the majors, everybody. That was that ship sailed. Well, not with that mindset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's how people treat it. Yeah. Like, they always say, like, well, Jim Abbott did. Yeah, well, he wasn't, like, he didn't win a raffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He also like, had one arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, I always, like, like I, you should just figure out what you're good at. Right. Fail at some stuff and then figure out what you're good at. You're good at something, but what? you can't be anything. I know you played football. Yes. Um, you didn't play baseball. Uh, I did for a few years, really, really young. Really okay, young. so yeah. what are some things that you've tried that you're bad at? And what are some things that you've tried you're like, better at this than I thought I was going to be? Uh, so baseball, I was really, really good as far as like an eight-year-old can be really, really good at baseball. Okay. Kind of uh, physical limitations sort of caught up at me as everyone else got you know, mm-hmm. throwing faster and stronger. I right. just wasn't going to throw faster enough to, you know, I just, I just couldn't yeah. keep up yeah. eventually. Got it. Um, I played basketball for a year. I was terrible. I played, I'm surprisingly bad at soccer. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one. That's one that has been. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at video games. That's something I probably shouldn't be good at, but I yeah. am. Like surprise, like do you, you went into it expecting not to be great. And then- well, well, I, I've, I've never went into anything expecting to suck at it. Okay, I, I, I just cool. I just have enough self awareness to know that if I do suck, it's fine. Because <laughs> there's other things I'll be good at. <laughs> you know, I like, gave it a go, Ryan. You gave it a good go. <laughs> exactly. This just isn't for you. Yeah. I, I wish a lot of people in comedy would realize that at some point. <laughs> 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 you gave it a good go. <laughs> hey, that's a, all right. That's, I want to talk about that for a second. Sure. Pat and I talk about this all the time. So. What keeps some people oh, going? Yeah. And, I, and I'm not being mean because I'm not mentioning one specifically. Dude. But we've all seen them everywhere. 12, 15 years in, never really get any kind of sizable laugh. What keeps that person going? I think uh, part of it is just having a, you know, if it's always been your dream, it's hard to let go of. And I think with something like stand-up specifically, mm-hmm. you know, if your dream was to be in the NFL, there's a very clear point where you know that's not going to happen, <laughs> you know? Right. Or oh, that it hasn't happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know, like if you're, you get to be 37, 38, and you've never, <laughs> you know, yeah. got there, you're like, okay, well, I'm just physically, I'm not talented enough. Oh, there's the XFL. Because <laughs> <laughs> But with comedy, you can, like, anyone can literally do that today. Yeah. Any any person Sign listening to this right mic. now can just go, hey, go. and now I'm a comedian. Yeah. So you can be physically doing the thing you're terrible at, and so say you're that. Yeah. But but if you want to be in the NFL, you're not. You, they, they don't let you come and open mic at training camp. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and like and just, get some and just, throws in. Yeah, just really grind it out with the pros and uh-huh. everything. You know, they don't do both comedy like. I mean, when I when I was just starting and I had no business there, you know, I did a show with Robin Williams six months into comedy. Yeah, you know, you sort of you can accidentally fall into situations where you think you're killing it more mm-hmm. or things are going well, and no, if you, I, and if you don't have strong self awareness, it's hard to fight against. That. I, I get it, but you had yeah. aptitude, right? So there's a difference. I have a theory that some there's two different theories. One is if you never really competed for, ever in your life. You don't really know what success feels like. You don't know that 
if three out of oh, forty yes. people laugh, that's not good. I this has been this you, has you, been you deep conversations. Crush. We've had these yeah, conversations. We've had these in depth, and and then also you know I've always I've seen that comedian that gets off stage. He's like, ah, oh, felt pretty good about that, and I'm like. What gave you that idea? <laughs> <laughs> How are you not hearing what everybody else is hearing? Yeah. You know what I mean? If they have the ability to just zone that out, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like I'm not as strict on stuff like that too, because I also, even though I would settle for nothing less than making it as big as humanly possible, this can also just be a fun hobby. So even if you're terrible, like, I can appreciate that. Like I know people who are terrible at knitting. Yeah, <laughs> who still love to try to knit because yeah, it's, it's therapeutic. Yeah, but their knitting like, isn't ruining 150 people's night. Well, maybe their hobby is just making people miserable, <laughs> and that is a way to do it in bulk quickly. I mean, <laughs> and I've seen that person too. They're a regular at the open mics, and they but that person knows they're not doing well. They just enjoy the camaraderie. Yeah, and they, they're like hanging and, out with yeah. the, with the comics, you know. You, you and know, it's like it's a, a bucket list thing. thing. They yeah, try yeah, to, yeah. They do for it. There are some comedians though where I watch. And I'm like, man, if I would have done that in any of my shows, I would have never got on stage. Again. Yeah. <laughs> if I would have heard, if I would have heard the, the only like two people laugh through the whole thing that I obviously brought, that I obviously brought, I would never get on a stage again. And that's how weak I am. That's why I, that's how weak I'm. Yeah. I, I mean, 12, 15 years in, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, and they've for, never had any level of success in one single show. Yeah, yeah, that's it's impressive. The, the persistence here. is yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> but no, and this isn't even specific because this is probably literally forty percent of stand-up comedy at every local scene. Oh, you're going to become you're going to become instantly an OG face of stand-up comedy. By the way, yeah, you're going to become like an instant, instantly because you look at the the big name comedians. You look at Rogan, uh, Dave Chappelle, obviously Kevin Hart. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, of course. Uh, you go through this list of OG comedians, Jeff Foxworthy, Ron White. You do the Blue Collar Comedy Tour people. These people that are notable comedians, people that have made it into a lot of people's eyeballs as stand-up comedians. You immediately, to the other stand-up comedians, become like the OG, like they're the old face of comedy. Are you excited to kind of be a mentor almost to some people? Yeah, it's cool. Will like you do it's, that? Because in the NFL, a quarterback – Starting quarterback, a younger quarterback gets drafted, his eventual successor, and not somebody should go lock that. No, you're good. The um, not every starting quarterback is willing to help the younger one, like teach him. Right? It came out Mm. Ben Roethlisberger was not (laughs) teaching the younger quarterback. They tried to talk bad about him, but if you think about it from a business, it's like why would Roethlisberger give away all these secrets that it took him like 45 surgeries to learn? (laughs) So, hey, what can I do to help you replace me? Anything you need. But in comedy, I feel like those older guys take a lot of pride in like helping the younger comedians. Is that something that you're ready for and prepared for and excited yes. for? Yes, and mostly because when I started, people reached out to me and did that when they really didn't have to. It's awesome. I, I think it's a, a good chunk of it is just who helped you when you started, like kind of how you came up. It's that, you know, nature versus nurture kind mm-hmm. of argument. Like, if you were nurtured well in comedy and then you don't pay it forward, you're a dick. <laughs> Todd said this about like, cops. Todd yeah. said this yeah, about cops. cops. Like, the veteran yeah. cops have to teach the young cops how to act, because if not, they'll just turn into... Yeah, yeah if, you're in, like, if you're an older cop the same way in comedy, same way in the NFL or anything, like, and a new person comes in and there's no desire in you to, you know, if you're just like, oh, fuck them, they'll figure it out on their own. 
you're a piece of shit. They, and, you know I mean? Because they probably won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, like you, right. you, you develop a lot of bad habits because there, there's so much. Um, I, and with anything, I obviously I only know comedy, but like there, there's so many like intricacies and nuances and unwritten rules about like etiquette and things like that that you don't learn unless mm-hmm. you either have someone that was kind enough to kind of tell you, hey, don't do that, right, or you screw up yeah. the <laughs> and unwritten- really embarrass yourself and yeah. ruin, you know. The unwritten rules of places are things that, man, if you don't know them, you can really get yourself on the bad side of some PR problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had a couple of young football players that came in that were just like unwritten rules. Like obviously it might not say that is Robert Mathis's parking spot, but if you see Robert Mathis's truck in that spot, Every single day, <laughs> let's just assume that he fucking took claim of that particular parking spot. Yeah, he's got dibs. Yeah. <laughs> Let me make your life way easier. Let's just assume I saw a kid's car get wrapped in pla- uh, saran wrap one day because uh, he was in the spot. And we don't know who did that, obviously. It was, I was not involved, but neither was Robert Mathis. It was everybody else took up for Robert Mathis. I don't even think Robert knew it happened. Then the kid that, did that, That's when you know you have respect. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when you don't even know you've been slighted because people have already corrected it. <laughs> that's the respect that I want. Then uh, it happened again, and the, the kid's car got shipped to Montana. <laughs> they brought a fucking fort tr- uh, freight truck from, in, Indy. from the parking spot to Montana. It was awesome. Awesome. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my that life. That is amazing. I have a question along that vein. Do you feel uh, like a sense of accomplishment in making it this far? Obviously, you want to go on and you want to win the whole competition. But just getting to this level, you're obviously seeing some bump in notoriety. You're getting booked for other shows. Do you feel that, like that sense of accomplishment? Uh, yes, and it's just giving me a taste for more, though. Like that's Oh, the, uh, blood in the water. Yeah, that's the – and I think like – I don't think that's unique to me, but a lot of like anyone that's in any field – like, you don't just want to, like, this was the goal for now. <laughs> you know, like, that was, it was the first goal yep. yeah, yeah. was to get to this. And now that I've got this, okay, how do I make it bigger? Nobody dreamed you of know? being a one-hit wonder. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I would like another one of these. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, shout out Billy Ray. He stuck at it for 25 years. And he got another one. And he got another one. Oh, yeah. That is a hero story if there ever was one. But But for me, you know, like, like I, again, it's. I think it's about that self awareness. If I get eliminated next round and I'm never on TV again, I still got to do something that no one gets to do mm-hmm. in a big, big way. It's not gonna right? happen. But <laughs> you know, yeah, we understand. So, what you're so, so it's not like I would be like depressed, but like I would be lying if I said I was content right now. I, I want to win the damn. Thing. Yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> oh, like no, I don't want to. But I think what Nick is saying is you probably you've yeah. already won. The like you've already won the thing. I think that is something. In oh, certain oh, aspects, yeah. You, oh, oh, my, my career in, is, in comedy is terms, you have won. Yes. Yeah, you've won. I, I have major TV appearances, which will, in theory, lead to other TV appearances down the road. Um, you know, agencies want to work with me now. <laughs> Bookers who would never return. You and Terry Crews will be in the new reboot of Lethal Weapon. Fucking. <laughs> 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 All right. So, how good does it feel, man? When like. Bookers or clubs or whatever that were ignoring you before when you would email them now reaching out to you oh, and then mwah. hey right <laughs> we had a fallout will you take this weekend or whatever are you just gouging those motherfuckers uh, on price because um, I would I would be like all right here's twice what I think I should make and book uh, me or not I, I'm more kind of just silently 
Enjoying in my, in it? my apartment, just going like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that little because put I mean, it on mute. <laughs> yeah, evil laugh. I've I, I been mean, at the like, cause just like any business though. If you spent your time trying to get back at everyone that's wronged you at some point, mm-hmm. you would get nothing else done. Sure, <laughs> you know, but it feels good, right? Oh yeah, it is very validating <laughs> to get an email response within ten minutes of sending it, as opposed uh-huh. to ten months. Right, right. <laughs> you know, right. so that's awesome. Yeah, I think it, you're gonna go on and win it all too. I think it's only going to get brighter and brighter ahead. Yeah. So thankful you came by, brother. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys allow it to happen. New Maybe material on AGT? or uh, Some of that's been newish. Yeah, like I'm not going to say brand new. I didn't write it for AGT, but it's been like a nice combination. I've done jokes that I wrote some version of 10 plus years ago. A concept. And I've done some jokes that I wrote six months or yeah, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've probably seen you perform, what, 2,000 times in my lifetime, yeah, and you had, you had stuff on there I hadn't heard. Yeah, the um, the drive-through, the thank you bit, that was relatively mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. That's based on a true story that happened about six months ago. <laughs> and uh, in the little bit of improv, whenever you said you were single and ladies started throwing her panties yep. verbally. <laughs> oh, God, that, that I, I was proud, as far as my set goes, I was probably most proud of that. <laughs> um, uh, and it was just one small little thing, but like, Especially for comedian too, it just shows how it helped me show how like diverse I am and like how multifaceted I am. It was just one small improv line, but being able to be comfortable in a moment of something oh. unexpected happening, mm-hmm. you know, because like if you're doing your acrobat routine, that's kind of what it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So if someone responds in a weird way or something happens, you're still doing that lift <laughs> or yeah. Whatever, if you're you a know? juggler. And so, what happened with you is if you're a juggler, somebody from the crowd threw something in, the guy juggled it, threw it back, and then continued to <laughs> yeah. the other thing. Yeah. That's hey, he just hacky sacked it back. <laughs> yeah, that's boom. Well, and I think it's like I've never obviously been in, in, in the sports entertainment industry, but I would assume if you get your first match in the WWE, you had best already behave like a champion if you ever hope to be the champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt like you have that advantage. Yeah, act like you've been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, because that shows that you're quick. And subconsciously, when people hear that, that just adds another level to the like, oh, yeah, this guy's a funny guy. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately with stand-up, a lot of the really, really good ones are you want to make it sound like it's the first time you've ever been saying that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, obviously, I've said those jokes hundreds upon hundreds of times. But I don't like, know how you do it. But. I don't know how you do it. We, I talked about this with Brendan Schaub. I don't know how you guys... I think that is the difference between an elite stand-up comedian is the ability to do... like He's doing six, seven sets a week telling the same exact thing. And I'm like, holy shit. I don't know how you would do it. Whenever I tell a story, it's like a celebration. Like, okay, this story is being told for humans for the first time. And then, okay, we got to do it one more night. All right. And then it's like by the third night, I'm like, I'll tell you what. About sick of this story. <laughs> I have no. I hate me. Yeah. I don't know how anybody's laughing. And like the third night, I tell the story and people laugh, and I'm like, "Don't fucking laugh." It's like, that wasn't funny. Don't you placate me? <laughs> how dare you? But that ability to bring the energy and freshness and juice and deliver and patience and everything like that—that that is the the true talent of stand-up comedians. Yeah, I mean, because like like Simon sort of hit it right on the head like when i'm on stage i'm having the time of my life like that is where i have the most fun ever <laughs> you know yeah. like anywhere so like like for me it's a it's a privilege to get to be out there and do it doesn't matter what the show is i i try to work as hard for a crowd of four people as i would four thousand because they showed up yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they did their job so i'm gonna try to give them a show and i'm gonna have fun because no one has to like me 
and no one had I to I think be they there. do, though. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Especially after listening to this. I think America's going to like you a yes. lot. I think you have... Um, not that this show will help you at all. America's Got Talent is massive, and you're the highlight of the show. So I want to still vote, still yeah. vote. But our people, yeah, yeah, yeah. please don't assume anything. Need, need still vote. <laughs> A lot of incredibly talented humans have lost talent shows because uh, their fans get arrogant and say they don't think they need them. I think Ryan Neemiller deserves us. I think Ryan Neemiller is going to show up and perform. And I'm so thankful that you came through here again, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag Club Nub at Cripple Threat 8. There were seven others. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Niemiller. Thank you, guys. Love that guy, man. He's really cool. He hung out here for a few hours, too. I appreciate him doing that. But he's, um, no, honestly, he waited to get in here. It was awesome of him. We were very busy. I'm, I'm pulling hard for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. nice dude, too. The I'm best. literally pulling hard for him. I feel like he is at a stage of his life, too, where he's excited about where at one point you could potentially be nervous about what, what's happening. He feels like he's really taking in the whole moment. Yeah, yeah. Can happen to a better, better comic, better person. Really. I, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. Before we get to Mr. Tenpenny, we have to sell some stuff. Um, and Ty Schmidt gave a speech this past weekend <laughs> at a wedding. I've heard rave reviews. Um, ladies and gentlemen from Waterloo, Iowa, Ty Schmidt. Listen, guys. All right, you can get as many massages do as many stretches and take as many ice baths as you want. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, you're just not recovering properly. Amen. He's yeah. not doing it. I think the thing about it is you're right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD, oh. a, yeah, a trusted leader in the CBD industry, understand the importance of sleep, which is why they have a product specifically made for rest and relaxation that is a perfect complement to their full suite of other CBD products that offer long-lasting high-quality relief throughout the day. That's insane to think about how much high-quality relief they get. Yeah, a mm. lot of high-quality stuff mm-hmm. there. Uh, All over the place. For example, we got CBDPM, which oh. is a... That's my thing. Yeah, yeah you, you talk, Pat talks about it all the time. Sleep it's, like a baby. Right. Yep. Like a drunk baby. Mm-hmm. Specially formulated tincture <laughs> that combines melatonin and other sleep-promoting herbs sure. with CBD, which can help your circadian rhythm or your sleep cycle mm. for you laymen out there. People say. Get back on track, okay? It's allowing you to get high-quality sleep consistently, and all you got to do is take it 30 minutes before bedtime. It's incredible. And it's also CBDing you through the night, so that relief that they talked about all day is now happening through your rest. So your deeper sleep, your dreams are awesome, and your body's recovering. It's the perfect little... Circadium. Yeah, Ty just kind of dunked on you there. Right in your face, Zito. I know now. He called you layman. (laughs) Sorry, Z. It's a perfect term for Zito. It really is. Was well, that just a lame that's in? <laughs> no, you're a lame that's out. But we also got CBD gummies. All right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got delicious CBD-infused gummies that come in a 30-count of four mixed flavors. We got tropical, mixed berry, strawberry, and orange, which is my personal favorite. Love yeah, you do. I saw you smuggling them out of the yep, office. Yep, exactly. Same deal. All I got to do is take them an hour before bed to help me uh, relax and unwind. They work perfectly. Night-night. Night-night is right. And it makes you, by the way, it makes you feel good not to have to just take Tylenol PM every night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have exactly. changed. I've changed the way I view myself before going to bed. Uh, Instead of just swallowing pills, <laughs> I just take a couple of drops on the tongue, and I'm like, yeah. This, I mean, I'm no scientist, but it just feels like a. This feels like this is better for me than just housing pills. You look at yourself differently when you wake up in the morning. Well, you're a big tincture guy. 
You are. Mm-hmm. Tink, tink. You Pe- are. People talk about that tincture. And I'm they, like, they do. Uh, <laughs> we actually got some CBD oil tinctures here, which is very similar to the CBD PM, but it doesn't have the mel- melatonin or the other herbs. Mm-hmm. Okay? Smart. So these What's tink- that other herb that's uh, potentially in there? Mm-hmm. Vel- uh, Velveeta. That's cheese. <laughs> Coursing through your veins. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't deserved it. You actually. Talk about lavender? Lavender. Lavender. Yeah. There we go. Lavender. I think they put that in there. Sam and I got a couple's massage one time, and the people just started like spreading the lavender out, and they put it right under my nose. That's a lot. Oh. My head was through the hole, and they just put it right under my nose. That can't be good. I was out like a light, bro. Like a that like that out of nowhere so i have no idea how the massage was <laughs> <laughs> right i passed out i missed the whole thing i think that was on purpose oh they don't even massage yeah them. the they lady's just probably just out. like yeah <laughs> probably just like uh right. for 90 minutes just one of these is that good pressure uh, oh, he's, he's fucking out he's doesn't sleeping. matter yeah. oh are you sleep oh she's sleeping too yep be back in 30 minutes <laughs> Slapping her back. <laughs> I think that happened. Well, Anyways, you team that up with the melatonin, though. I, I pass out to this stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, whether you're recovering from a hard day, a long night, or a tough workout, CBMD is dedicated to keeping you at the top of your game. All right? You add some tinctures, some gummies, and some B, uh, CBD PM to your regular routine. It's the best way to sleep naturally. You're going to wake up refreshed. So I want you guys to go out there and take advantage of all that CBDMD has to offer. Go to CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee for 20% off your first order. That's CBDMD.com slash McAfee. That's awesome. Shout out to CBDMD. Taking care of my sleeping issue. Mm-hmm. I really thank them for that. All their other products are in the office and used. Tim McAfee used their product the other day. Oh, so yeah. he felt yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Tim McAfee. It's... they. Hey, they're good. They got good shit. I'm they thankful do. they're here. The rolly stick is nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's in my hands. You know what else is nice? A good rising country music. Hey. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man that I just learned of recently. His debut single, Drunk Me, which we will talk about because the lyrics in the story. We'll hit home with a lot of dudes out there. <laughs> is an RIAA, which I have no idea what that means, platinum certified song. His newest song, uh, Alcohol You Later, is also a heater. I knew nothing about this man a week ago. I am a big fan now, FaceTiming us from his pickup truck in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Ladies oh, and yeah. gentlemen, country musician Mitchell Tanbanny. <laughs> I like that accent on tan panty. That's good. It's impossible to say tan panty without. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your real last name? Yeah, my daddy gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was doing a little research. Your peoples reached out to our peoples and said, hey, we think this guy would be good on the show because uh, we're, you know, we enjoy music. We do a lot of music on our show. We enjoy country music. We got some country musician friends. And they're like, you're yeah. going to enjoy this guy. And we started doing some research. The first song I listened to was Alcohol, Alcohol. Alcohol, you later. And I was like, this guy, right. this guy's got some real gems in there. And then Drunk Me, I listened to that. Uh, RIAA, what does that mean? Uh, Recording Industry Association something, I don't know. Oh, so it means something <laughs> big deal. It's a platinum song, and I listened to it. It's incredible. How it's long have you been certified. How long have you been doing this uh, country music thing, and why haven't I heard of you yet? This is 100% my fault. Oh, it's not, well, first, is that a crag behind you? 
Yeah, yeah, oh, bro. yeah. That's oh, wow. incredible. I've, I've always wanted that as a kid. Well, you got to send it over to Mo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little sidetracked. That's awesome. Um, I, it makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I've been doing it. I'm country music since I was born. I mean, I, I grew up born and raised in Nashville. All this stuff, man. I'm so jealous. I have wrestling belts, too. Look, y'all are awesome. <laughs> got to right in. But yeah, man, just since I was born, I've been doing uh, been in bands. I've gone from screaming hardcore emo bands to yeah. country music um, to pop. I've done everything and, you know, more in the last probably six or seven years really focused in on, on, on country and came back home to, like, how I was born and raised, got all the teenage things out of the way and, and started doing this. <laughs> yeah, because you're from Nashville, born and raised from my, my understanding. And um, it almost feels like in Nashville, there's so much talent down there. I mean, you just wander around and there's probably a future CMA artist of the year performing in some little dive bar. It had to be difficult to kind of find your footing there in the music world. Is that why you bounce around all the different genres or was that just your interest at the time? No, I was just interested at the time, but I mean, you're right. I mean, the people, you know, serving you food are probably better than you. It's just the way <laughs> everyone's like really good. And it's, it's just about being persistent and doing it over and over until people are finally like, shit, man, I'm just going to give you the record deal because I'm tired of seeing you come in here. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, literally it's just about being persistent because everyone, it's true. Everyone's so talented there, man. It's crazy. Okay. So do you write your songs? Are you part of the production of the songs? And let's start yeah. talking about some lyrics here. Yeah. I write every song I cut. I, I co-produce with my best friend, Jordan Schmidt, uh, on all the records. And, um, it's just something I love to do. I've always done that since I was a kid. How long have you known Jordan? I've known Jordan for five years, maybe now. That's awesome. I'm yeah. You guys are like a little tag team over there writing songs, making songs? Yeah, we write a lot of songs together, produce them up. I have like my core group that I write most of my songs with. And then, um, you know, they're just some of my best friends in the world. So we kind of get each other. It's, it's easy to write with. A lot of your songs involve having a good time. It feels like you like to party a bit. <laughs> I do. That's why I apologize. I'm a little hungover right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, a, I put an offering on a house and we got a phone call late last night that they accepted. So we went to the bar and and had a good time. So. <laughs> Is this your first house? Congrats. It's not my first, but it's my first with my girlfriend. We're moving in together. Hey! So. Hey! Hey, forever's a long time, man. Go ahead and put a ring on it. I'll start pressuring you because I got pressured for three fucking years to do it. And I just did it. Uh, Congrats on the new house. Congrats on having a good time with that. Drunk Me is the platinum song from the uh, recording industry. And it makes sense because it is a song that relates to so many humans. Like whenever we were playing it in here, everybody was listening. was like, oh, yeah, back in the day, old drunk me used to make terrible decisions. Sober me used to hate drunk me. Um, how did that all come to be? I assume you or one of your friends made a, a vital error late night texting. And then it was like, all right, let's change this whole thing about. Yeah, man. I mean, it comes down to that. You go to the bar after you break up. You try to drink them off your mind. And it just never really works out that way. And I just I wanted to write that song about you know, quitting drinking for a second to like stand a chance of getting over them. And then like when you get over them, then you can call up your buddies and go party. But like for a second, man, because every time I'd go to the bar and try to drink, it just made me want to call them more. And I was like, shit, this ain't, this ain't fucking working, man. Do you have <laughs> to, so like in stand up comedy, you hear a lot of comedians do observational comedy that everybody will understand. Okay, so right. you make a joke about something that everybody goes through, everybody feels. Is it the same thing whenever you're writing a song or trying to write a hit? It's like, oh, I can't be the only one that feels this way. Yeah, I mean, I just try to write about my age group, what I see every day and what I hang out with, the problems we're all dealing with and 
just be honest with them. I mean, shit, get drunk, drunk dial. That happens all the time. And, you know, people don't say it or admit it all the time, but I will. Shit, I've done it. So. <laughs> let's um, let's fast forward to another song you have out that has a YouTube video currently um, called Bitches. Uh, <laughs> shit, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy you picked it up there. Uh, <laughs> in the country music world, you would never in a million years think a song from a country musician would be named Bitches. <laughs> but you have a song titled Bitches, and uh, the YouTube video uh, was highly enjoyable here at the office. Jeez. Yeah, man, I fuck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I say it how it is, man. Right? And I, and again, it's not about calling girls bitches or no, no, no. bitches. It's about calling bitches bitches. And man, I it just sometimes it's the only word that evokes that emotion. And I just, you know, I played for a minute, tried to be safe. I was like, I don't deal with different things. And I was like, no, man, it's fucking bitch. It's like that's just that's how you feel. And people resonate with it somehow, man. I don't know. I was nervous. Everyone was a little nervous. So I was like, man, if I'm gonna do this artist thing. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And thank God they believed in me and let me do it because it's uh, it's one of my favorite songs to play live. It's always a fun song. Everyone sings it back. And it's just a cool moment when everyone's screaming bitches at you. I can imagine. I mean, Too Short had that run for a while. <laughs> What's my favorite word? And everybody, no matter who they were, old white people, young African-American, bitch. Come on, say it like short. It's bitch. true, man. Yeah. We got four-year-old girls down at like old, old grandmas, man. It's just the weirdest thing but i love it it's fun uh has the music in it because i'm surprised that that song got passed because it feels as if country music is a machine right you talk about this you talk about this you talk about this chorus hits you talk about this we all make a lot of money that feels like that's what country music is that feels like a a potential not all of country music but there seems to be a portion of country music right now that's just set and repeat recipe it's going to be a banger people are going to like it let's all get rich has it been tough to get your own creative freedom um, see, no, because I, I started my own label to put out bitches because Let's I knew no one. I like a good independent story, entrepreneur story. Yeah, and so I did that to do it my way. And then, you know, luckily we built up a fan base and played a CMA Fest show, and Sony happened to be there and saw everyone singing back, you know, bitches and, and a couple other songs. And, you know, once that happened, they let me do me, which, again, if I would have walked into Sony office or Universe or one of the big. Uh, record companies and showed them bitches they would laugh me out or tell me that would never happen but i went and did it myself and started my own comp label and did all that and it was just kind of teed it up for them to see like hey man this is you know it's it's working country market wants to hear this i mean i i, I still believe that you know the country market but they're tired of people telling them the way they were raised is wrong mm-hmm. you know like yeah. that's they they think this way too but the media always says this shit all the time and everyone's got to make everyone feel so happy and shit I don't give a fuck about that. So <laughs> I just want to say it how it is, man. Hey, bitches got you signed to Sony, man. <laughs> yeah. That's insanity. <laughs> That's incredible. Good for you. We interrupt this conversation with one of your new favorite country musicians for a reading by Zito. Oh, geez. It says go off script. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Hmm. Not many words on this. <laughs> <laughs> Should be good. Uh, explain why bird dogs are good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, they are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner and mo- makes underwear obsolete. Oh, great word there, oh, Zeno. Yeah. Especially because that's off <laughs> script. You just made that one yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Um, it is finally short season, which means it's bird dog season. Yeah, yeah damn oh, right. Yeah. I'm going to talk about how comfortable they are. Please do. Oh, let's hear it. I wore them the other day. I can wear them anywhere I want. They're so comfortable. Okay, you can wear them to bed if you want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can wear them to a boardroom meeting if you want to. Swimsuit? Of course. You can oh, yeah. swim. You can oh, yeah. golf in them. They oh, are yeah. all-terrain shorts. Work out. That keep your kit. Oh, definitely work out. I work out in them all the time. They keep your kit and caboodle in place without oh, yeah. having to waste underwear because the shorts keep it easy breezy, little oh, yeah. breathy with the bird dogs fit perfectly to your tidy squeezy. Can I add something to that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It literally feels like I'm wearing nothing. Are they still giving away the nunchucks? You have the script over there. Uh, I mean, I'm not there yet, but I think so. Uh, Easy what? thing just to scroll down. I think it's probably like an inch and a half. So I, I don't like to go too far. Oh, yeah, they do. But oh. That's that's call to action, though. Am I calling it already? Let's do it. Yeah. Right, I'm going to call it some action right now. That a boy. Go to birddogs.com, enter promo code AMERICA, and they'll throw in a pair of nunchucks. That's insane. To Love be insane. it. Yeah. Love it. You get the best pair of shorts you've ever put on and nunchucks. They're going to give you an actual weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. Nunchucks. With, the, you had the nunchucks with the bird I dogs. always thought they were nunchucks, by the Me way. Too. Me and too. And then I read this ad, and it's nunchucks. None. Because they make you go numb. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, because mm-hmm. you hit it with the flat end there. It yeah. does make you go numb. It kind of puts it to sleep. It's like a tud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever done nunchucks? No, yeah. I, like I, I was too afraid I would hit, hurt myself. You would. They're very difficult, but these ones are padded. They're set yeah. up for you to succeed. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe. I believe Practice I, chucks? Like, yeah, like a set of training Yeah, but, but, but just, like training the, just, like the, just like the shorts, though, you can take the training chucks oh, yeah. into field. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Yeah, it's for both. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a good step up before you master nunchaku. Mm-hmm. What, what? The art of nunchuckery. Nunchucku. They don't like mm-hmm. to be called that. Uh, that's birddog.com, promo code AMERICA, and boom, a pair of free nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You, will take these, you won't take these things off, I promise you. I agree with that. Warm for a week straight whenever I was in Hawaii, and I'll probably do it for most of the summer again now. Mm-hmm. I love them because you don't have to. I do, I do a lot of traveling. Okay, A lot of do traveling. A lot of traveling. You know what sucks during the traveling part is making sure you have enough underwear for the trip because it's taking up space in your already small bag. Mm -hmm. And now with the bird dogs. Leave them out. Mm -hmm. At least two days of trip I don't have to match because I can wear two pairs of bird dogs. And no underwear. And yeah, they got the underwear for you. Growing up, I always hated the underwear in there. Mm -hmm. I've always hated it. Poop catchers. But just like, yeah, the poop catchers. (laughs) (laughs) They say just like your taste buds change like every five years, yeah. I do believe my thighs changed because oh, yeah. I used to, I think I used to not be able to handle it irritation wise. Now they're good to go. I'm a big bird dogs guy. I'm all aboard the bird dogs train. Ka-ka! Bird. Woof. Dogs. Dot com forward slash America. Yep. And get some nunchucks. Nunchuck it up. Respect. Back to the conversation with Mr. Tan Panty. <laughs> Uh, do you have another album come out? Your debut album was up for a couple. You were up for a couple nominations for CMA awards uh, for new artists and breakthrough artists, and your video got a lot of love. Are you working on a new album right now? That's kind of how it works, yeah. right? New album, tour, award season, repeat. That's country music world. Am I right? It is, man. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we already started on the new record. We got a new song released on Friday. Two more songs that'll go on a bonus record, and then I hit the studio in like a month to start recording for the next record. Can I get a part of a writing? Can I be a part of a writing circle? <laughs> Please come on in, man. You do it. We'll uh, we'll drink whiskey and write something. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll figure it out. 
I'm not doing a lot of the drinking anymore, but I'll bring all the vitamins you need. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll drink for you and you need some vitamins. Hey, uh, what's the song that's dropping on Friday? Uh, it's got a song called Anything She Says. Um, I'm about to announce our tour Friday as well. Oh. Our first like headlining tour, which will be this fall, and we're taking out a band called Seaforth. So we featured them on the song, and I wrote it with them. So How, um, how big are the places you're playing? How big are the venues? Uh, I mean, it depends anywhere. Um, I mean, right now we're on all the festivals. I mean, they could be up that's awesome. With, you know, thirty to sixty thousand people. That's so, awesome. Uh, it just depends on what what town or what festival it is. I was listening to a Rick Ross rap rap song <laughs> recently, and he was talking about the young rappers bragging about being in festivals because they're not getting any decimals. I believe was the words he rhymed. Uh, the festi- <laughs> the festivals. Um, that feels like that's just an incredibly good time. How is it for business wise though, too? Yeah. I mean, festivals pay the bills too. I mean, that's where you, how you make your money. Um, when you go on your own tours, you got a lot of cost. You, you know, you have to bring everything. You have to bring your setup, all the sound, all that stuff. And you do that for your fans and, and it obviously get bigger, but festivals bring everyone in at once, all country music fans or all whatever genre you're at. They love the music and you're, you're set up to make, you know, actually make money on the road. Because, again, you don't have to carry as much gear and equipment. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, because when you're a small operation, you kind of got to put everything together yourself. So it's right, it, you reduce those costs, right? You take away what's going on <laughs> and you yeah. multiply what's going in. Mr. Tenpenny, that's how you collect a ton of pennies. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Man. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Got to hustle. I know exactly what you mean. You playing at Bogarts in Cincinnati? Uh, no, I, I might be. I don't know. I never know where I'm at or where I'm going. Uh, well, I'm just saying you should play there. Bogarts? Bogarts in Cincinnati, yeah. Okay, it's, not, it's, yeah. Not, it's not great for comedy, but I think <laughs> <laughs> your type of music would crush in there. Yeah. Crush. Yeah. They got three well, bars in that. the venue. Like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and Tom Petty's played there. All the greats have played there. I think you should. Yeah. I'm going to get you in there for sure if you're not there yet. I'm going to tell them. <laughs> Come on, yeah. They gave, me a, they gave me a medal for playing there. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I got a brick there. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm going to get you in there. If you sell out, you get a brick and a medal. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. All right. Well, Mr. Tenpenny, I appreciate you so much. We're about to have a pretty big show uh, announcement. Intro song. How much would I have to pay Mitchell Tenpenny to make a 30-second intro song? 30-second intro song? Well, I'll just do, I'll do what you need. Okay, we'll talk off the air. Sounds like, I think the way your songs go could be a great intro song, too. I think we can make it a hilarious, because the way, yeah, you're good with words, man. Hey, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something. Come on. I like that a lot. How long would a 30-second intro song take you? Because we, we hired someone else to do one, and it took like six months. So Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> I, I give you six minutes. I don't think it should take <laughs> Well, good luck on everything. Good luck on the song release. Good luck on the new album. I can't wait to hear it. Um, I, I mean, anybody that's just going to start their own record label – because they write a song that they think is going to work, that nobody else will think it works. Then it works, and that song gets you a real contract. I mean, that's a fucking cool story. I enjoy that type of human. So I, I'm excited to be a fan of yours, Mr. Tenpenny. Well, thanks, man. I, You know, fairness, I didn't know what I was doing, so I, I can't take all the credit. <laughs> 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 it's pretty stupid, but it, it worked out, so I'll, I'll accept it. You a sports fan? Oh, I'm a big sports, sports fan, man. 
Predators and Titans all day long. Let's go Penguins. Let's go Colts. <laughs> <laughs> the Predators getting good has to be great for the city, though, right? I mean, everybody was turning yeah. out for that. It was insane. It was the most electrifying. I'm not biased on this. It was like the Stanley Cup Finals when we went against the Penguins was the most crazy sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Like the all of downtown Nashville, Broadway was packed with 200,000 people watching on a big screen. They shut it off, and then inside the arena. I, I was fortunate enough to go to all the games. It was just, it was nuts, man. Was Nashville crazy. being your hometown, watching it grow into what it's growing and perform yeah. the way it's performing. Like at the draft, Nashville performed. Like the oh, the city it itself awesome. showed up, right? Because the way it's built, the bars, the humans that are running the bars, the cops, <laughs> the city of Nashville showed up for the draft and for the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's just blowing up. All you see is those goddamn, uh, what are those things, cranes. Mm -hmm. All you do is see cranes everywhere in Nashville. It's just blowing up. You have to be pretty proud of your hometown. I am, man. No one gave a shit about us growing up. I hate the traffic. That's the only thing. But, <laughs> I mean, all we fucking have are Logan's Roadhouse and Chili's. Now we got all this great food. And it's just, it's good, man. So I'm, I'm, lo I'm loving it, dude. It's in my city. You know, they put it on the map, and it was sports that did it. So when we got the Preds and Titans, and it took a minute, but it kind of brought a new audience in there. It cleaned up Broadway from brothels and everything to making it like trendy bars and, you know, places to hang out. And so it's just it's just blowing up, man. It's nuts. Hey, sports do good. Mm -hmm. Don't they? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sports do good. <laughs> they do bad, too. <laughs> but sports. Trust, the Titans have been doing bad for a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hopefully, this is our year, though. I can feel it. You said it, not me, man. <laughs> the. Um, Especially if Tom Brady's suspended for, you know, cliff jumping with his car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he didn't pull her that hard, she probably hits off a rock. Now, granted, if he lets go, she probably didn't jump at all. So there's, I mean, I mean, he's in a bad spot there. <laughs> I mean, I could care less. Do like, <laughs> <laughs> you have any kids? I do not that I know of. Hopefully not. Every Father's Day that passes, no card. Good day for Tim Penny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. I hope to hear from you soon, brother. Is this your number? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Anytime, man. All right, we're going to hit you up. Ladies and gentlemen, new music dropping tomorrow. New album dropping soon. Going to be at festivals. Have a good time with this guy. I can't wait to watch you grow, man. Mr. Mitchell Tin Panty. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Love that guy. I'm a big fan of him. I hope everybody listens to his music. Bitches got him signed. <laughs> That's awesome. What an incredible story. Just fuck it. I'll do it myself. It's like you always say. It's your book. I en your book. I enjoy. I enjoy whenever the person being interviewed knows that I know nothing about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He knew that I knew nothing about him going into that thing, except for the RIAA certified platinum song. Which I didn't even know what RIAA meant. <laughs> and I think that really, the fact that he handled it the way he, he did says a lot about him. It does. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cool guy. Humble yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. One of our guys. I like him a lot. I think he's going to maybe do the intro song. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. It's the electric. It would be. Yeah. I think it could be good. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Football's happening. It's all kicking off. We, good pun. We... Kick off. First day of camp and already news. What happened? Well, Taylor Lewan, first four games suspended. Our guy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show, Taylor Lewan. Yeah. Been on the show before. Jalen mm -hmm. Ramsey shows He's, up in a brink truck. I like that move. <laughs> the guy announcing him could have done some work announcing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was ready for the moment, but he might have been the brink truck driver. Yeah. 
and he said I could do it for you. But I liked him showing up in the Brinks truck. Time to get the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Time to get the money work, man. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Packers cut Mike Daniels. Yeah. Scumbag move. Ty? I'm yeah, not sure I mean, who Mike Daniels I don't, is. I don't love it. He went to Iowa. Very good D-tackle. Oh, no. Yeah, very good D-tackle. His wife posted something about, you know, like how excited she was for them to, like him to be going back to camp. He got cut like four minutes later. Oh, no. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not great. Money issue. Someone's going to pick him up. Well, yeah. They, well, and they, the guy they signed to, like, replace him, I, I don't know if that's the answer. But that's neither here nor there. You're an owner, though. Yeah, I know. The owner's meeting was today, actually, or yesterday. Did you call in? I should have. But the GM spent 40 minutes thanking Mike McCarthy, and I want no part of that. So, hey, you know. I'm an owner. We're on in the future, bub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the past is making us $0 today. Mm-hmm. You're an owner, businessman. Goddamn right. Anything else? Adrian Peterson news? Um, because of his, his going broke thing, uh, the pictures of his 30th birthday party from a couple years ago are going viral again. Pretty awesome looking party. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> at least he knows where a lot of that money went. You know? yeah. At least he enjoyed it. He had like fucking snake charmers and like a 50 foot ice bar. Oh yeah, let's and go. And he rode in like on an elephant I thought it saw. Nice. Those are expensive. So he had a party planner do this. These types of people are the people that can drain you, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely need to ride an elephant in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, aren't you? Yeah. Adrian will get that back somehow, though. Yeah. Happy for him. Taylor Lewan, I didn't expect that, especially with being a, when you're a vocal person, right, which he is. He has his own podcast, Busting with the Boys. It does well. Mm-hmm. You, but he, uh, maybe you'll dip in. I mean, Julian Edelman had one last year. He ended up being Super Bowl MVP. I mean, who knows? He um, said he didn't know that he took it or whatever whatever it was. He said he didn't know. And then he said he took a polygraph test that proved that he didn't know. By the way, very real thing that I think the NFL is wrong about is they say you are responsible for whatever you put in your body. We would also like you to be faster. We'd also like you to be stronger. We'd like you to do all these things that supplements could potentially help. But supplements aren't FDA approved. So you can take a supplement one day. It's good, good, good. And then that factory just so happens to get tainted with something somewhere, wherever it's being thing. You take the same supplements with the same ingredients on the side of the thing. And all of a sudden, boom, you fail a test. That is really possible. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is what happened or what happened with other guys, but it is a real thing because they're always, they're not FDA approved. So those things can have whatever they want. They don't have to, they don't have to have any marking on the outside at all. They do it uh, to make you feel as if they're doing something, but those supplements do help. You got guys that are trying to get faster, bigger, stronger, everything like that. And then they're told, uh, yeah, man, just kind of a roll of the dice, though, what you put in your body. We have zero uh, pool for that. And then they, they tried to take care of it with this app where if it was NFLPA approved, so if the, if the supplement was NFLPA approved, you could put it on like a little square thing where it would read the number in the app, and then it would give you like a green light or a red light, right? <laughs> it would give you like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And the only things that got thumbs up were like, uh, okay, fiber to make you shit. <laughs> uh, we got this. Like nothing that really had anything in it. And it was companies that were probably just paying for their shit yeah. to be okay. Right. So it never really caught on with the players because the players were like, well, the only thing that's okay is just like special K 
Kellogg's. Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Because you guys could be taking like just like normal ass pre workout, and you don't know if that fucking brand slipped something there that's illegal for you. Well, and that brand might not know it either because they're doing it from a factory that right. could potentially have to make a new product, and it accidentally just gets on the thing. You have no idea. Cause and they're not worried about the limited. I mean, that's a very small market or the, uh, inactive yeah. NFL players. So they're not worried about if their recipe interferes with your job or not. They but, just know what everybody in the gym likes. I think there's been a couple lawsuits from NFL players that have taken a supplement and because they hand over the supplement to the testers too. Like I think there's a, even a whole process of handing over. Here's the supplement that I took, mm-hmm. and then they go and grab a couple other ones that seem to be around that same time. So I do think there's some investigating that happens because I think there's been some lawsuits that happen. But I think that is a tough thing for players to have to deal with. I mean, you got guys that are just trying to get better. And then if they accidentally take the wrong pre-workout that they've been taking for 15 years, all of a sudden, boom, they're suspended four games. And their image, not so much now as it was then, back in the day, used to be tainted. Your image was ruined if you failed something. Now it's like becoming like a, a much more woke society where they're like, oh, like I probably didn't know he took Adderall. Yeah, he's probably in Vegas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got four days. I feel, like, I feel like that's starting to become more prevalent. But the supplement game for pro athletes is a, is a scary one. It really is. And I'm assuming that what Taylor did is exactly that. He was taking something, had no idea it was in it. That's why the polygraph thing is like, yeah, he feels probably a little validated. You know what I mean? So the whole, like after you fail a drug test, automatically you take a polygraph? No, I think I he think said he would. Oh, gotcha. yeah. You I, don't, don't, I don't know if he, he said he would it. or he said he did. I he might have offered it up, like yeah, gotcha. like everybody on Maury. You know, like, <laughs> no, I'll take a polygraph. Father, <laughs> I'll take a polygraph because it is frustrating. Yeah, because he's not getting paid those four checks. He's not allowed to be in the facility. You train right. your ass off all off season, and then you only get sixteen games anyway. So now they're taking away four of those games, especially if you're a pro bowler. Because he's a leader of that, a leader of the team. Everything yeah. it sucks whenever you get suspended, and he's probably very upset. Like, well, what? I've been doing the same thing I've been doing for fucking ten years. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and then they're like, oh well, it's not. It's your responsibility to know what's going in your body. It's like, what do you want me to fly to the factory? (laughs) What do you want me? You know what? That's what I'll do. I'll fly to the factory and I'll put a little. I'll do a little finger test on all of it. Make sure there's nothing in there that could potentially set off some meth bombs. So what happens? They just send you an email like, by the way, you can't have B vitamins. What do you mean? Like the for like pills and stuff. Like uh, like if you're taking a supplement and then like next week that supplement's not you're not able to take it anymore. So like, how do they update you? you as a player? Oh, that you get a list. At the beginning of every season, and most people just like look right past it. But it's going to be no it's stuff that you don't tiny know. Tiny little fuck it ingredient is. within that supplement that they're not listing on the bottom. They're not listed, so it, guys know the supplements that the things that are not allowed in their body. Yeah, guys know their bodies, especially people that are in the NFL have been in the NFL for a long time. Guys, it, they say know what's going in your body. I would argue that professional athletes are trying their best to know everything that's going in their body yeah. because they. Hey, just like the fucking deer stuff, the deer antler stuff that Ray Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't being tested for, but somebody came up to him and said, hey, this definitely helps with this. Yeah. So is it illegal what he did? No, I think, but that you could prove that Ray Lewis knows what's going in his body better than anybody else. He's like, well, I know this shit isn't getting tested for. And then as soon as it got started test for, he stopped taking it. And I don't, I know a lot of people bury Ray Lewis for uh, assortment of things, and that thing was he was kind of getting a bad rap for a little bit. But as somebody who never took supplements but respected people that did, I think that was him just doing everything he could to get better. And got no problem with that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and when they tested it, he stopped taking it. But guys, look for everything that's on yeah. that list. You have to. And most people, not most people, but some guys have nutritionists who put shit together for him too. It's very interesting. It's uh, it's an interesting thing the way people get their bodies to peak performance it's like instagram i don't know how those dudes all look the way they look on instagram they don't have any fun 
No fun. <laughs> they were all smiling yeah, in no, the pictures. No, yeah, no, sure. Four, <laughs> four smiles. Let me ask you this. Who Have you ever seen that many six packs then on Instagram? No. I saw sorry, a person no, sorry, no. but everybody on Instagram has a fucking oh, eight pack. It's it, sick. It makes no sense. Because their oil princes are making them fucking smile. And they fly them over to <laughs> oil princes. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Who is driving <laughs> the all right, so they're always someone is always investigating and f- identifying new performance enhancing substances. <laughs> right? So like the general public, the fans, everybody else would be happy. Like, all right, I think we've already you, you're covering most of everything <laughs> we know, know about, going. and now you're adding things we don't even know so, what they are. Who's driving that? Do you know why that research? is? You know why that is, right? That's because the wealthy players who have these doctors who can get them around the rules, mm-hmm. they're benefiting from it. Where other hey, players who can't afford to do the research can't, right? Oh. So you have like the the guys who have their nutritionists and dietitians and scientists working on their bodies in the off season. Oh. Those guys are always trying to find something that isn't being tested for that they can take and that's considered a performance So uh, I'm not saying this is the case with him, but that's just because he's the number one quarterback in the league. Let's say Tom Brady and he's Whoa. a vet and he's older. So say, say you're the number one quarterback in the league. You have more money than most everybody else. And you're starting to age, so you can afford good science to work around all these things. The TB12 it would benefit treatment. you to, to lobby to get all these other substances that are you have to get through supplements and shit to get those added to the list. No, I would say that Tom might know something, Correct. or Tom's people might know something. Not, I'm not saying this no. ever, but I'm saying for the sake of what Todd and I are talking yeah. about. His people would know something that could do something to your body, mm-hmm. right? So Tom is benefiting it from it, and then people, other people would see that and be like, oh, well, Tom's benefiting from it. creatine. Let's say creatine, back whenever creatine oh. was a big problem. Only a couple people knew about creatine being a muscle performance enhancer or whatever, yeah. and then it became banned there for a little bit because only a few people knew about it, not everybody. So that's how it's making the list. Yes. Like when McGuire put that's what uh, Andrew. Andrew. That's what happened with Balco, because like, those yep. players can afford mm-hmm. that science and to be able to do that. Okay, so they're driving the creation of the new substances. Correct. That makes sense, and that's why they're adding the list because somebody big time starts using it yes. so it gets notoriety. But or then, maybe not even big time. Maybe I have a friend who's a scientist uh, yeah. and I'm a rookie and I have a friend who's like a weird chemist mm-hmm. or something. I come from a weird school. I'm a tight end uh, and my friend's a chemist and he fucking can somehow come up with some potion or something mixture that makes my makes my testosterone get raised, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it is all natural. They can't test for it, all that shit, right? Yeah. Th- that would be... An interesting situation, right? Sure. Because nobody else can use it. But so, probably nobody would notice unless you were performing exceptionally well. Well, and I think that's what could yeah. happen, right? And then people are like, well, how's this guy doing it? And all he does is tell somebody like, oh, yeah, yeah I got this guy person. that does this. And then that guy tells somebody. And then they're like, all right, this is now banned because nobody else has it. Okay, so that's what's driving what makes a list. And In that's my a head. beautiful explanation. No, it has to be how it happens. Uh, but then who's driving the, 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 the people behind wanting those new things on the list. You know what I mean? Like who, who's like, we don't have enough things on the list. We have to constantly strive. At what point do you like, stop. I don't give a shit anymore. If that person found something brand new, I already know the HGH and all the big ones. We got them identified. Nobody's ever failed an HGH test, by the way, in the NFL. But like, I already know the, I already know the big ones. Right. So, why do I give a shit that there's a, a, a brand new one that only three people know about? Why do I care if that gets on the list? 
Well, I think it's because of the equality, the fairness of the sport. Yeah, yeah but who's the body? Players, the NFLPA, maybe? The NFLPA, the NFL front office people, probably. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if that player isn't on your team, that is... Like, think about yeah. the business, right? Uh-huh. Think about the business and all the billionaires sitting around with all their, um, their lawyers around them. And it comes out that somebody on the New York Jets, their team, three of their players have this new thing, mm-hmm. okay? That gets mentioned somehow in the owners' meetings. If you're Ursay or Ursay's guys, you're like, well, wait a fucking minute. Like, how come they're the only team that can use that? And that's definitely helping their team. I would assume that's So there's helped. not like a government body or some health-crazed no, no. entity that's Dr. associated Brown with Dr. Brown is a guy who's the head of the uh, substance of abuse, and I believe the performance-enhancing thing. His name's Dr. Brown. And he heads a team of piss testers and all that stuff and uh, everything like that. Yeah. Okay. But it is another... I mean, it is a, it's a whole big operation now. I mean, they tested me, what, eight times a month for 27 months, and I'm not the only person to test. There's a lot of piss getting collected at all yeah. times. And the HGH test got added because it was the new thing. Everybody's like, oh, everybody's taking HGH. Everybody's recovering faster, blah, blah, blah. They're getting stronger. They're like, all right, we'll start testing for HGH. Then they learned that the baseline for HGH amongst professional athletes and amongst humans that they were getting the baseline from, like very different. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't back out of testing because they said they were going to test it. Nobody has failed for HGH. I have not heard a single human fail for HGH. And I think they're testing. And that's almost to a point where it's like, are you really just drawing blood just to figure out like, hey, we are testing for HGH? Or is there any way to even test for it? They don't even know if they can actually test for it. That's incredible. Now, I don't know the behind the scenes of it. Maybe nobody's taking it. But it just feels as if the big argument was, well, they don't know what their growth hormone levels are versus professional athletes' growth hormone levels because it could be different. Obviously, we're bigger than most people. That could make a lot of sense. Yeah, so if any fail happens, I think the NFL sees like, oh, this is going to be a massive This would yeah. be a massive war, but we still have to test for it to say we test for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's very interesting, the game. But you got to remember, there are some athletes that will do absolutely anything to get an advantage. Mm-hmm. And I would assume there's a lot of incentive financially, if you're the guy who did come up with that privately for one person, to approach some sub- yes. big-ass high-dollar supplement company be like, hey, I got this thing you can add to your formula there. Or, bang. The gym rats are going to go crazy over yeah, that. Anything. Yeah. Or just... 10 other of the highest paid NFL players and they'll get in your program mm-hmm. and that's what happened in MLB. And then the word gets out. Yeah. But athletes are trying to get to the top no matter what. Tell them that's where the money comes from. That's mm-hmm. where everything comes from. That's why from. they're the best. <laughs> they're at the top. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, if they play you in chess, they're probably going to flip the board if you're anywhere near <laughs> checkmate. It's just a different level of competitive human being. And I'm not saying everybody's Lance Armstrong or everybody's like that, but we can assume that in professional sports across all walks of life, those are probably the most competitive individuals that we have on this earth, Yes, if we had to guess. Yes. And competitive people will do what, co- what they got to do to win. There's different levels to competition and competitive levels, but boy, some of the humans I've seen, it's... Those in business owners who make it big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're cutthroat, yep. man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Those humans are just a different level. Mm. It's an impressive group of humans, but boy, <laughs> it must be difficult to be those humans, though. You know what I mean? Like every single thing you do, if somebody gets off, uh, like walking in a subway in front of you, like you're pissed off. Like <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Yeah, like every day is like uh, fuck that. I used to be when I was a kid. Everything was a competition because I was so bored, right? So like, uh, my brother and I, if we're gonna do something, everything was a competition. I viewed everything as a competition. I'd say I was a super ultra competitive human being. But then as you grow older, you're like, all right, I mean, not everything. Has to be. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people that are professional athletes that everything, oh yeah, uh, every yeah. single thing is a competition still, and it's like I don't know how you still 
still got it. I don't know how you still have that gene because I had it. I think I still have it a little bit. But whenever each step you take in your daily life, like step on a crack, you break your back. Mm -hmm. Like I bet you if you tell that game to a professional, like a couple of the competitive professional athletes and they never heard it before. They won't touch a crack for the next 10 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck. What's the record for this? Yeah, I could do that. Fuck, easy. Seven years, just bouncing. It's just the way it goes, man. It's a cool group. Sucks for Taylor, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, as an offensive lineman, I mean, four weeks of not getting beat up has to be feel True. Good. You know, there is some silver lining mm-hmm. in this whole thing, but the Titans are going to need them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, Tough division. Everybody's hoping they're going against the Titans in the first four weeks. Taylor's a very good football player. Very good at football. That's tough, man. Yeah, that sucks. Just going on a polygraph immediately afterwards is a big baller move, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, fucking piss test guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the show. Can't wait to get the, this fall started. Got a lot of great shit coming. We might go silent for like a week because we might have some remodeling to do. And uh, this fall, not going to be a lot of break time for, uh, for your boys here. And we're about to run now. We are about to get a running, like Forrest Gump. And once we hit the ocean, I guess we're just going to have to turn around and run again. What's that, Z? You're going to say something? No, I was just going to play a song yeah, on the soundboard. What was it? Let them run wild. You sounded like Clayton there. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> All right. The show's over. Ty Schmidt hit the music. My daddy always told me to be aware of my surroundings. Yeah, I got eyes all over this town Yeah, you got caught kissing Another guitar picking bro Who says you're the one he's singing about Well, I don't deal with bitches no Guitar 